You are listening to the Campus Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah Jansen. Each Wednesday at 5 p.m. on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, I welcome a new guest from Queen's University to discuss news, issues, upcoming events, initiatives, and services for the benefit of Queen's students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Thanks for tuning in to this podcast, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Good afternoon, everyone. It is now 5 o'clock here at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario, coming at you from a very cold but still beautiful Queen's University campus. And it's a great day on University campus today here at Queen's. Uh, It's the first day of fall convocations. There were two ceremonies today. Congratulations to all new graduates and new uh, alumni members here at the university. And uh, you are listening to Campus Beat. I am your host, Dinah Jansen. And I have the great pleasure to welcome Jean Fleiderer in studio today of the Human Rights and Equity Office here at Queen's University. Welcome to CFRC. Thanks. <laughs> Very excited to have you on our airwaves. Uh, recently, the Positive Space Program here at Queen's University has celebrated its 20th anniversary. Huge accomplishment. Congratulations. Oh, thanks so much. <laughs> we're excited. <laughs> we're, and we're excited for you. So, um, but before we talk about the Positive Space Program and the wonderful things that the program has been doing over the last 20 years and the recent celebrations, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Jean, and your role here at Queen's University. Okay, well, I'm, I'm the Associate Director for Human Rights Advisory Services in the Human Rights and Equity Office, and if that's not a long enough title, I'm also the Coordinator for Sexual and Gender Diversity, and it's in that latter role that I, um, that I facilitate the Positive Space Program. Now, we're, with the Positive Space Program, were you one of the folks who launched it off the ground? I was not. I was not here 20 years ago, but I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Okay, so tell us about the Positive Space Program and what it is and and, uh, how it got started. Okay, well, the Positive Space Program is a sticker program, and what that means is that we have these colorful stickers with a logo that includes the rainbow colors in an inverted triangle and the words Positive Space Celebrating Sexual and Gender Diversity at Queens, and we give them to people who attend our two-hour positive space information session. Um, And if at the end they decide they would like to have one, we don't force them on people. (laughs) So we ask them to put them up in a space under their control with the idea that they'll do that, um, and then they will do their best to ensure that the space is free of discriminatory or harassing behavior and is accepting of everyone accepting of everyone regardless of sexual orientation or gender identity and expression. Okay. So now the program started 20 years ago, and uh, what ultimately motivated it? Uh, The program was started by Julie Dark, who was in the position that I hold now as sexual and uh, gender diversity coordinator and with a group of students. And it actually was uh, a follow-on to that horrible situation when, uh, in Wyoming when uh, upsets me a little bit even to start talking about it. But um, there was a young man who was um, beaten up by a group of homophobic people and tied to a fence and left to, to die because he was gay. And I think 
in reaction to that, people started looking around on the campus and thinking about how hard it is for people who are um, frightened or uh, concerned um, to be able to be who they are, um, especially because sexual orientation and gender identity are things that are very easy to hide if you think there's a reason why you need to hide them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so the idea behind the program was to say, let's not have that be the kind of place that Queens is where you have to be afraid, but rather let's make it into a more welcoming and accepting kind of space. And an environment where people who would like to be able to express themselves as they identify and see fit feel comfortable to do so. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how do you think that the program has evolved since its launch 20 years ago? Well, I think it's evolved in a lot of different ways. One of the most obvious ones is that the information session that we deliver now is nothing like the information session that we were delivering 20 years ago. 20 years ago, the emphasis would have been on gay and lesbian relationships um, on the issue of sexual orientation. Mm -hmm. And today, we're at least an hour into the two-hour session before we even start talking about sexual orientation um, and relationships because we're talking about gender identity and gender expression and asking questions about how our culture understands the basic concepts of sex and gender. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit about what uh, each of these sessions might um, look like, or if you will, or how does it work in practice when you're actually in the session? What happens? What happens in the session is that, well, we spend a few minutes talking about our program mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and explaining how it works to people and asking, you know, that they consider throughout the two hours whether they're interested in trying to participate, put up a sticker and so forth. But most of our time is spent talking about what is going on in our culture, what language is being used by people to speak about their identities in the area of sexual orientation or gender identity, um, and what kinds of situations might arise where people might be in a position of feeling marginalized or feeling that they're being discriminated against, and how could we handle those situations. So we use some scenarios. Um, we talk about, well, you have your positive space sticker up and someone has come to ask you a question because they saw your sticker. Um, are you prepared to try to help them with whatever it is? Mm -hmm. Those kinds of scenarios. So okay. that's what we do. Wonderful. So what impact do you think that the Positive Space Program has had over its uh, 20 years at Queen's University? You know, I think that's really a very good question. When I think about the incident that happened at Chown Hall a few weeks ago, it's very tempting to say I'm not sure it's had any impact. You know, there are still people out there doing these destructive things. But then I do have to remind myself that one bad actor or even several bad actors is not everything. Mm -hmm. And over the 20 years, we've had many people say to us that it matters to them when they see a positive space sticker. There's something that feels helpful to them, that feels supportive, that they feel a little safer at Queens than they otherwise would feel. And we've had many people come and say that attending an information session has been eye-opening or very interesting or something that they, uh, they'd like to know more now. They're, they're interested in the subject. Mm -hmm. And I think if people are conscious and thinking about 
these issues and trying to not make assumptions about other people mm-hmm. uh, and willing to accept what people say about themselves, then we've accomplished a lot. If there's more people doing that, we've accomplished a lot. So what would you say uh, might be some of the uh, key learning outcomes that uh, folks can gather from uh, the participating in the Positive Space Program? What would they learn? Maybe some folks might already be familiar with what the Positive Space Program is and uh, cr- and familiar with how to be a good ally in creating safe spaces, but then there are other people that this is actually quite new. So what might they learn? Yes, and that can be challenging. Uh, we, we offer open sessions that anyone could sign up for, and the program has always been open mm-hmm. to faculty, students, staff, everybody at Queen's. Mm-hmm. Um, and indeed, of course, some people have more information to bring with them into the session than others. Mm -hmm. But I think that um, I think that talking to each other in these sessions is an important part of the process. They are informal and we do ask people to discuss scenarios and so forth. And I think learning something about the idea being not to learn a bunch of names and labels and definitions but rather to think about not making assumptions, think about how to be welcoming, think about not not concerning ourselves with what did that mean that they just told me, mm-hmm. but what can I do to be welcoming and supportive? And continue learning. At and the continue same time. learning, absolutely. Indeed. So how can folks uh, at Queen's, you mentioned students, staff, and faculty at the university uh, are able to apply, to, or, or not apply, but... Um, sign up for yeah. <laughs> uh, the sessions. You don't need to apply. <laughs> I misspoke. My apologies. Um, how can folks sign up for the training and um, where, yeah, ultimately where would they find more information? Well, we do have a website. Mm-hmm. It is the Positive Space website. Um, and you can get to it by putting a forward slash on the words Positive Space, all one word, after the Queen's uh, URL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on that website, there on the, on the homepage, you can see both where you can sign up for our various open sessions and also how to contact us if you'd like to organize a session for a group of people. Okay, so with that in mind, with an open session, you could be from any department or unit at the university and just go to wherever uh, that particular session will be on a particular day. But if maybe there are a group of people that want to get together to do something. Mm-hmm. This Absolutely. is a service you provide. How wonderful. <laughs> this is very nice of us, isn't it? Yes, it is, and absolutely necessary. Thank you so much. So um, in your opinion, why should folks at the university, regardless of whether they're a student, a faculty member, or a staff member, or an administrator, why should folks at Queen's University get positive space training? Oh, well, you see, you've used that word training. And we have tried, oh, for 20, we've tried for 20 years to call it the positive space information session, but it's a losing battle because we don't think of it as training. Okay, now, so I've tell just you, institutionalized <laughs> it. No, <laughs> Very sorry. That's, that's excellent, actually, because, Dinah, the thing is, 
many people do think of it as training, and that's how they use it. And mm -hmm. that is why many groups do organize themselves, and they'll say, everybody has to go to this. This is part of your training for orientation, or this is part of your training for this task, or whatever it may be. Okay. And we're okay with that. If you want to make people go to the Positive Space session for two hours, that's fine. But you can't make them take a sticker. Right. Because the whole point of the sticker is that it's voluntary and that you individually have had some thoughts about whether you want to be posting a sticker in a space that you have some control over and attempting to do what you're able to do to ensure that it's positive. And so I don't think anyone should attend a positive space information session, mm -hmm. but I think anyone who's interested in that project of trying to make our campus more welcoming and open for people could get something from being able to do that and being able to post that sp sticker. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so now, getting to the 20th anniversary celebrations, uh, tell us about the celebration at Mitchell Hall. Who was there? What happened? Well, at Mitchell Hall, we were fortunate to have our new principal come, mm -hmm. um, and we also had uh, Deputy Provost Terry Shearer, um, and we had uh, Stephanie Simpson, who was uh, Associate Vice Principal and heads up our office. Very kindly, all of these people came and spoke, and that was a wonderful thing to have. And we also had Julie Dark, who was the person who actually started the Positive Space Program 20 years ago um, with several students. Um, she came and talked about what that experience had been like and talked a bit about what it was like to be in Kingston at that time as, as a member of the queer community. And then we had an opportunity to show uh, a video that we had put together in which we were able to gather still more voices, both from the past and from the current, currently active, several of the student facilitators of Positive Space Information Sessions. Um, and that is also now posted on our website, so anyone who missed the celebration, mm -hmm. and sadly also therefore missed the cake and the cookies <laughs> that had the Positive Space logo on it, um, can at least see the video. Okay. I encourage people to do that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I like how you mentioned to student facilitators. Mm -hmm. uh, well, we don't need to run through every person that, uh, every student that's ever been involved with the program, but how do students find themselves as facilitators of the program? At they're running these sessions, I assume. So how did they become part of the program? Well, typically what happens is a student has attended a positive space session, mm -hmm. and they've come up to whoever facilitated it afterwards and said, I'd like to try to do that because we invite that. That's um, fantastic. And then we, a couple of times a year, we run a train-the-trainer session to, um, to help people learn how to facilitate the sessions. And we currently have a nice collection, a very nice collection of excellent student facilitators who have been, um, have been doing work all this fall. We seem to have an increase in demand recently, and so it's very good that we have some additional facilitators. Amazing. So f folks, are, students have opportunities to not only learn how to be great allies in, and, and making this university space a positive and safer space, but they're also gaining some pretty great skills in terms of workshop facilitation. 
coordination, et cetera, et cetera. That's true, although if I'm honest, some of them have taught me a great deal about how to facilitate a workshop. <laughs> some of them are quite good at this already. All um, right. And we also, I mean, it's not limited to students. Anyone who's interested, who's part of the Queen's community, is welcome to facilitate. And, you know, over time, how many we have of students, how many we have of faculty or staff changes just with the normal ebb and flow. But that's always a possibility, too. Okay. So what's next for the Positive Space Program? That's a really good question because we've made a lot of changes in recent days. Um, we've changed um, many things about the structure of the program. Mm -hmm. uh, we have changed the actual information session content just this past summer, we made major changes to that. So at the moment, I think we're just trying out all our new stuff, and we don't know what's next. We're not thinking about what's next. We're thinking about maybe trying to do what we're doing for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so is there anything else that you would like to add, Jean, about the services um, overall uh, from the Human Rights and Equity Office as well, in, in addition to uh, the great service that uh, the Positive Space Program offers the Queen's community? Well, I think I could say that it's true both of the Positive Space Program and of the Human Rights and Equity Office that in an ideal world we wouldn't exist. Um, it's unfortunate that there's a need to have programs like that in order to try to create a more equitable and balanced world. But we're doing our best to be helpful, and I think it might be important for people to know that the Human Rights and Equity Office does offer both advisory services to individuals who have concerns about their human rights um, and, you know, kind of advocates for more equitable policies and for, in general, a more um, inclusive environment at Queen's. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Jean Fleiderer, for coming in to CFRC today to talk about the Positive Space Program, the 20th anniversary celebrations, and, and giving us some of your time. We really appreciate it. And thanks for making Queen's a more positive space I'll day say. to day. <laughs> thank you, Diana. And it's a more positive space just by the <laughs> fact that you're in here right now uh, and on our airwaves. Uh, before we sign off with you, um, can you remind us how, to, how again, to find uh, uh, your office and the Positive Space Program online and maybe here on campus if people just want to uh, find your office. Okay, well, if you want to find my office, you go into MacQuarie and you go in on the main floor and you take the elevator that is across from the uh, food court mm -hmm. <laughs> to the fifth floor. <laughs> and then you can't miss us. When you get off that elevator, there are signs everywhere. <laughs> Lots of signage. <laughs> and um, online. And online, our website is part of the, the overall Queen's system. So what, if you are on the Queen's website, if you add a forward slash and put in positive space, all one word, it will take you there. Wonderful. Thank you again, Jean. We really do appreciate your time. <laughs> and best wishes for the next 20 years of the Positive Space Program. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples. The CFRC Podcast Network at podcast.cfrc.ca is brought to you by the generous support of the Queen's University Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences.